Following Christ in 2021 is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to the show. We're so glad to have you on the uncomfortable truth this morning. I remember back in high school, it was my first year in high school, I was in ninth grade, I was sitting in my head baseball coach's class. And being a knucklehead freshman, I was talking to the people at my table. He taught, I think, some science class. And I was talking and being goofy and stupid. And I'm going to do my best Coach Weaver impression here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Coach Weaver, if you're listening, we appreciate it. He said, Goswick? I said, yes, sir. If you don't shut your mouth, I'm going to throw this stapler at your head. <laughs> but I don't think that'd be an, a comfortable call for me to call and tell your mama that I hit you in the head with a stapler. So just shut up. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. That was uncomfortable. Welcome to the uncomfortable truth. We've got an amazing guest today, and we'll get into that in just a second. But before that, Sean's going to open us up in prayer. Dear God, just uh, thank you for this day. Thank you for these men and uh, just what they mean to me, God. Just, uh, Lord, just to help us to speak wisdom into um, to everyone's lives, Lord, and just uh, give them something, give them a, a nugget that they can take with them into their own lives and to help them to be better. Lord, we love you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, welcome back to the show. We're excited, super excited about our guest today. I'm probably the most excited um, because this man is is somebody that has had a, an amazing impact on my life and an amazing impact on hundreds of kids' lives um, throughout his career. Um, coach Boyette, my high school basketball coach, is here with us today. He is still a teacher and semi-coach at White Oak, I guess you could say. But Coach was the head coach at White Oak for 25 years, I believe. Um, I know that that he doesn't measure his success uh, based on wins and losses, but he did rack up about 539 wins at White Oak throughout his 25 years. Uh, I believe Coach had 10 district titles um, to hang his hat on. And he graduated 111 alumni through his program. Um, Coach won two state titles, back-to-back state titles in 2012 and 2013. Is that right? That's right. Um, To say that that Coach has had a successful career would be the understatement of the century. Um, You know, to say that – I mean, we, we talk about wins and losses, and, and of course, that's what most coaches, um, you know, most people, when they when they think about a coach, they think about, you know, that's, that's the measure of their success. But um, just we knew from day one, uh, whenever we stepped foot in, in the White Oak locker room uh, from a young age, that it wasn't just about wins and losses. And... Uh, and that's that's what I took from my time with Coach. That's what I took from my time with Coach Boyette. We we learned about life, and um, we learned 
a lot about how to be young men. We learned about how to um, face adversity. We learned how to push through stuff that, honestly, uh, we didn't know we could make it through. And um, so we're going to get into a lot of that today. But uh, today we're going to visit with Coach. You know, you all know that, that listen to this show what our mission is. Our mission is to lead men and the the sh- small amount of ladies that may listen to our podcast we, we don't think there's very many of them but our, we know our wives listen from time to time um anyway we're our goal is to is to lead and and really do some kingdom work uh ultimately glorifying the lord and helping others to work through their struggles their life struggles life's tough and um and and we all know that and we basically sit around this table here working through those struggles that we're having in our lives together and we try to hit on topics that um uh, that really we feel like that most folks most men struggle with and um you know we really hit on mental toughness a lot we really hit on um you know bat the battle within your mind and 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 really um you know learning practical ways behind trying to uh, deal with the the struggles that we face in our minds and uh, again you come up a lot coach yep. uh, you come up a lot and so um, the reason you come up a lot is because I, I feel like that you know you really put a lot of uh, instilled a lot of those character traits and in me and um, you know it makes me th- there's a lot of examples that come up that we get to talk about and so um, I say a lot. They're all good stories, Coach. So, <laughs> I was good. wondering. They're all they're all good stories. They're, they're difficult times in your life stories that made you grow. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, which is good. So, um, you know, what I want to start with is is uh, and and just kind of start ask you know with just a simple question of what uh, I, I read in your blog, Coach, that you decided when you were a junior in high school that you you wanted to. Um, pursue coaching and not just pursue coaching but be the head coach at wide oak basketball um what inspired you to to take that path and 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 go in that direction well first i'd like to say i appreciate y'all having me here this is a true blessing i've looked forward to it uh obi and i've talked about it a little bit and just what y'all do here is just amazing to me to think about you know how men look to to find ways to glorify god you know, into further the kingdom. Amen. And, you know, I listened to uh, Shane tell us a little story. Uh, I was going to ask, is the Wick Coach Weaver you're talking about? Is Coach that, Weaver. Is that Jim Weaver? That's Jim him. Weaver, yes, sir. That's Man, him. I went to college with Jim Weaver. Did you really? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we went to we got some connections together, here. played some softball. Yes. You know, he sells now for BSN. Correct, yes, sir. So when I was still the head coach, he would call on us there. Instead. Okay. Great, great guy. So Fantastic guy. Just, great just coach. amazing uh, visiting we all a little bit the connections there yeah. and um you know with sean and and obi i don't know if i've told y'all this before i think i may have told obi this, this but i go so far back with the baker family and there's a lot of yeah. baker family to go back <laughs> with in so i've taught so many um of the kids boys girls but um i may have told you long before they either one of them were born we uh went to emmanuel baptist church my family did and their dad randy was uh, in the church there. And when I was a little kid elementary school, I, I thought I had this 
massive money-making scheme going on because <laughs> I would get a bulletin each Sunday morning, and I would sell it to Randy. <laughs> and he'd give me, like, a nickel or a quarter, you know, whatever change you had. I mean, and he was like, man, it's the best deal at the church. You know? <laughs> and so I'd, I was going great until I made the mistake. I told my mom one day, I said, Mom, there's this guy in church. He doesn't know the bulletins are free. I mean, he buys one for me every Sunday. And, I mean, it's just the greatest thing, you know. And, obviously, after that, my scam was shut down. You know? so I should have just kept that to myself. Yeah, for sure. I that's probably awesome. owe Randy a good dollar, a dollar fifty. Sure, sure. Like that. that's, so, that's awesome. That's a neat story. So, we go way back. So, well, that's uh, good because that's our uh, fee that we normally pay guests. So, it's uh, Randy. I'm sure Randy would just <laughs> transfer that back to you. Dollar fifty per this is episode. All adding up. All right. Um, but to answer your question, you know, um, I basically had two coaches uh, that influenced me a lot. Um, coach Noel, my Dan Noel, who was my basketball coach, principal at White Oak for a long time. Um, we did kind of like I had y'all do during Little Dribblers. Uh, we would come up and work practices. And uh, I was a junior at the time, and we were going through a practice, and he had said, all right, y'all take you guys, and y'all do some shooting, you know, stuff like that. And I'm, okay. So I take my guys, and we line up, and we're standing across from each other, and we're doing this form shooting and stuff like that. And he walked by me and said, Boyette, you know, you ought to maybe think about being a coach. You know, I think that would be something you would enjoy doing, you'd be good at. And I thought, well, why Why have all the – you know, we're on six baskets. So I'm like, why did he come by and tell me that, not everybody else, you right. know? So I start looking around, and my guys are in partners doing form shooting, and everybody else is, like, just throwing hook shots at the basket, you know, and all this <laughs> other stuff. So I thought, well, maybe maybe that was yeah, it, yeah. you know. So anyway, that's kind of when the thought came into my mind. Um, my mom always wanted me to be a corporate attorney, and I don't know. I guess I kind of have a lawyer type of mind. But I was never going to wear a suit to work every day, so that wasn't <laughs> happening. So anyway, that kind of spurred me on. And, and without a doubt in my mind, I know the Lord did that. That, yes, you know, and with Coach Noel, I've had a couple things in my life come about that were similar to that. Uh, at a time when I was first hired at White Oak, I, I wasn't a Christian yet. Um, I'd, I was raised in the church, like I mentioned to y'all, but I'd never surrendered. You know, I thought, yeah, I'm a good guy. I'm morally sound, good ethics. You know, that, that's good enough. You know, that's, yes, sir. and it just it wasn't. And, you know, one day, I think I was actually already hired. And we had been to scout a basketball game, and he dropped me off at my house. I was still – as well as my first year because I was still living with my parents. And got out, and somehow church had come up. He had asked me about where I went to church, and I told him. And he said, "Where's the, who's the pastor? And my mind just kind of went blank. And I thought, how can you not know the pastor of your church? Right. You know, and it, it was kind of like telling on myself a little bit, you yes, know, sir. that, yeah, I went some, but I wasn't going all the time and stuff like I should have been. And it just kind of hit me in the face. And, you know, one thing about Coach Noel, if he felt it was going to help you, he was going to hit you in the face with it. Right. So he he said to me, you know, boy, you kind of live the right kind of life, but you don't go to church a lot, do you? And I mean, man, you talk about just wham right in between the eyes. Yes, sir. That nailed me. Yeah. And, uh you know, that's two of the things that kind of got my attention. And shortly after that, you know, uh, I professed my faith in Jesus Christ. And that's I was awesome. saved. I was baptized shortly after that. 
and definitely a turning point in my life and, and changed my outlook on how I wanted to do things. So, that's awesome. You know, he that's definitely one of the things that uh, I know God put him in my in my life for that reason. Sure. And how old were you whenever that happened? You Probably, refreshed your faith I was and, 22. Okay. 22, yeah. wow. And, and if anybody saw me on the street, they probably would have thought, man, that guy's a Christian. Look the way he, he lives. And, you know, which is good, mm-hmm. but it ain't it. You well, know? we, we talk so, about that a lot. It's, um, you know, I just we were talking earlier before we got started when Shane and I met sitting on sitting on the retaining wall at my house for an hour and a half and we were both struggling with a lot of stuff in life at that mm-hmm. point you know and that was just I was 34 years old um yeah. been in church my whole life you know uh yeah you know when I was eight years old my my uncle taught me how to you know accept Jesus and 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 get baptized and we you know we were in church every Sunday Wednesday if the doors were open we were there right uh, like you said, anybody that looks at looked at me, I feel like would feel like, oh, he's absolutely one hundred percent a Christian, you know. And and I always felt like um, I always felt like I was going to heaven, I was saved, and but I never felt like I'd surrendered to the Lord. I'd never felt like and and no, but and people would argue with me. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm like, well, you're not me. You know, you, right. you don't understand the way that I feel now. On the inside. And mm-hmm. it's different. It's yeah. a it's a surrender feeling. Yeah, and, I can and, I know. can recall because my mom is the one who actually led me to the Lord. Awesome. And right after that, I was at Longview Lobo Stadium, and it was kind of in the evening, and I was just walking around the track, and I just my I was just so different on the inside. Yes, you know, sir. and I, I just remember thinking to myself now, I mean, I'm 55 years old now, and this was when I was 22. And I can remember just like it was yesterday thinking, I'll never walk alone again. Wow. I'm out here on Amen. this track in the night by myself, but I'll never walk alone That's again. That's awesome. And just how, how different I knew things were now. And yes, probably before then, I don't know if you could have convinced me, you know, because like I said, I, I thought I was living the right kind of life. But – Fortunately, you know, God, I had a, a a mom that was as godly a woman as I know, and I had other Christian men in my life that yes, were good enough friends to tell me the truth, you know, mm-hmm. to tell me things I needed to hear. And those are the kind of friends we all need. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, can you kind of move us from your, you know, the point where you accepted Christ and surrendered to him into uh, the, the conviction that that obviously gave you into creating something at white oak that yeah. uh, that that wasn't just your 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 run-of-the-mill basketball program yeah. well you know you'd mentioned earlier that um my goal was to be the head coach there and when i surrendered my life to christ um i, I don't know if i'd say i made a deal but the lord had it, it changed my life you know, and I knew at that point, if I got the opportunity, if he gave me the opportunity to be the head coach here, I would have some influence. I would have a platform that I could serve on, that I would do all I could to to make it more than just basketball. And, you know, again, when I go back to that, um, when I played at White Oak, it was, I graduated in 84. Coach Noel came to White Oak in the late 70s. And 
back, I thought, probably dating myself, you guys may not have heard of this guy, but uh, back during the 70s, the head football coach at Baylor was named Grant Taft. Yeah. I don't know if y'all heard, heard him or not. But a uh, Christian guy, uh, he wrote a book, uh, and he titled it, I Believe. And when Coach Noel came to White Oak, he, he brought that motto to White Oak with him. And so when I played there, uh, that was our motto. Uh, we had a sign on the door. Obi, I'm sure Sean remembers. Uh, just maroon basketball said, I believe on it. But the thing about it was, I can, and this is, again, another one of those things where, you know, it's amazing how you look back at things the Lord's done in your life. At the time, you might have thought, well, there's a little something more to this than just that, but you don't know what it is. And I was a sophomore in high school, and we were sitting up in the bleachers. We had just played our JV game, and the varsity was playing, and with my, one of my best friends. And one of our other friends had come up. Somehow the, the I Believe topic came up, and he simply said, well, what does that mean when y'all say that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what does that mean? Uh, I'm not real sure. And my friend kind of came up with, well, it's kind of a, you know, confidence in yourself kind of deal. And I thought, well, that's a pretty good answer. I mean, because I, I'd never really thought about, I'd said it for years, you know, and I thought, well, you, You'd I never know. seen it on paper. No, or anything. Or anything. And, I, and we'd never really put anything behind it. And I, you know, and at that, I was a sophomore. And I remember there, I can, like I was talking about the track earlier, I can remember that moment. I can remember that moment like it was yesterday. I had no idea why but that struck me and you know fast forward to when I was um, had the opportunity to become the head coach I mean I was only 25 years old and uh, coach Andy Griffin who's the football coach AD he hired me another great man of influence in my life and um, gave took a chance I mean I'm 25 years old I have no head coaching experience and he, he hands it over to me and you know I'd made a promise to the Lord that you know, I, I want to do more with this than basketball. And the way I was going to try to do that was take the I believe uh, motto, you know, it, kind of two words, and give it some meaning. You know, take a motto and make it a way of life. And so I took it from there, and I thought about, well, when somebody asks me what does that mean, I want a, I want a good answer, you know, because that's a fair question. And so I put – I'm sure, I, you know, Obi's heard me talking about it multiple times. You know, I put some things on paper. Uh, obviously, I wanted um, God to be the cornerstone of that, you know. So, faith in God was kind of the first part, you know, that he, he gives us all our gifts and talents. Our job is to take those, use them for the purpose that he's given us. Uh, obviously, the part of believing in yourself, you know. I would go towards basketball with it, you know, make yourself a better athlete, the work that goes into it. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer that, the biggest factor in controlling how we perform is confidence. That if you, if you don't believe you can do it, it's going to be obvious to everybody else and nobody else is going well, to believe it. Well, you talk about mindset a lot uh, on the podcast, and that's um, it, uh, I, I think that's spot a on. huge spot up, part of it. And so, we you know, we would talk about it from a, a basketball perspective, but also, you know, from the standpoint of you're a son right now, you know, you're going to be – most likely a husband one day, a father one day, and you're going to lead your family. And, you know, for you to be able to do that, then this all ties into that. You know, the OB mentioned uh, learning to play through adversity and things. And, you know, that was one thing that I felt was part of my job. 
you know, and, and I'd made the statement before, if things were going too smooth, I wasn't going to let them do that for long. I'd create some adversity. Mm-hmm. We'd either have some or I'd create it because before particularly we got into district, we were going to know how we were going to handle it. And, you know, along those same lines, just yesterday I was sitting in the chiropractor's office, fortunately, I don't know if I should say this. My wife was the one in there, and I was in the waiting room. <laughs> but, uh, a kid that – kid. God, I call Obi a kid still. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he graduated probably in 2013. Carson Andrews was his name. Works for UPS. So he comes bebopping in there at 90,000 miles. You know how them guys are. You know, <laughs> Puts in packages there. He's sweating, running down him. And I recognize him. Like, Carson, you know, and he came over, and he, we talking for a minute. He's he's hopped. He's, he's going, you know. I said – you're kind of sweating this stuff. I said, yeah. <laughs> Coach, you, you taught me, though, I can handle this. I, I know how this heat is. I, I, I can awesome. go through this. I said, yeah, that old middle school gym teaches you a lot about the heat. You oh, know? It, so, it absolutely does. It. It's just funny how things come back to you like that, and that's the first thing he said was, you taught me how to handle this, uh-huh. you know, and just kept right on going. And, yeah. you know, then the third aspect that I came up with was, you know, believing in your teammates, the value of teamwork. And – Again, in basketball, that's a major factor, but we're all on a team. You know, we whether it's your church team, your family, uh, you have to learn to play your role and, and, and then respect everybody else's role. So I wanted to put something concrete on paper. Uh, I wanted to have some meaning behind it and have it applicable to things outside of just basketball. Because um, one of the things I would say quite often, I don't know if I said it to Hobie's group or not, is, you know, the day is going to come when the ball stops bouncing. And, you know, when you leave here, if all you ever take from it is basketball, then I've, I failed. I haven't done my job. And, you know, I was very fortunate. You know, I, I was kind of grinning when no, Obi was kind of reading off some of the things that I've done as I was the coach there. That's a we, you know. I mean, obviously, I'm at the leader of a lot of it. But if people don't buy into it and what you're doing – all the wins, the championships, those are we things, you know. And, you know, I can remember in 2013 uh, being in the press conference after we'd won the second year, and somebody asked a question uh, about how did I, I feel about my team or how my team did. And I said, you know, it's not my team. This is White Oak's team. Mm-hmm. And it takes an investment by everybody to buy into that. And, uh, over the time uh, that I was the head coach there, I was very fortunate that uh, our players brought, bought in to that philosophy. You know, we had the sign I mentioned on the door earlier, and one of the things we added was just when we go out that door, you just kind of tap that sign. It's like a physical reminder of this is what this is all about. And just over the years, one of the proudest things for me is, you know, I, I would sit in the gym during open gym, Obi remembers those times, and some guys were basketball players. Some weren't, you know, in there playing. And whoever walked through that gym would touch that sign. And at first I thought, well, why is that guy touching that sign? He ain't into <laughs> basketball, you know. But everybody went through the door started touching the sign, you know. And, and to me that was a big deal uh, because it, it showed me people wanted to buy into that, you know. And it's even to the point now that, um, you know, our school it, it has become a big thing there. 
I, I think it has. It really has. I, I think it's transferred to other schools. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing other I, schools. And I know who you're talking about. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I, and call them out if you want to. <laughs> well, <laughs> they, they wear green, yeah. you know. And, and, we got to go. We, you know, Pete Carr, that's Tatum he's all about. But he's a wide oak guy, you know. Yeah. Hey, you don't ever forget that, Tatum, all right? Yeah. He's yeah. a wide oak guy. Listen, you, can't, yeah. you can't discount that, Coach, that uh, cop – Somebody copying you is the greatest form of flattery, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think he played for Coach Noel, so I think it was kind of coming. Yeah, uh, you'll appreciate this because last night, last night I was talking to Amy, and we were just, we was right before we were going to bed, and and um, we were just talking about the podcast this morning, and I said something about I believe, and she said, "Can you believe that Tatum is saying I believe now?" <laughs> and and I said. You know, I didn't realize they were because one of her friends yeah. works over uh, work, or their son like, just graduated from Tate. He played basketball, and she was like, "They totally just copied White Oak," and and she said, "She said that's kind of give up, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "If Coach was here right now, he would totally give you a high five." <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You know, <laughs> I got to defend it in public. But, yeah. you know, we all know where its origins That's are. Exactly That's exactly right. right. That's, That's right. exactly right. Well, coach, I know I know that some of the other guys want to want to ask you some questions and just kind of pick right. your brain a little bit and so we're just going to pass it around the room and 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 just talk a little bit. So, coach, I appreciate something you said earlier about I did not allow my teams or my players to get comfortable very long. And we talk about mindset often. And I think it's a piece that our world is missing today, our leaders, our men, even our fathers teaching our sons that adversity is a thing you want to run into because it's what shapes you when you come out of it. But it's really hard to recognize that when everybody around you is telling you life's easy, make it comfortable, feel good. I'm curious, and I'm sure you have a laundry list of awesome stories. Yeah. What's one of your favorite stories where you decided to create adversity and it completely just rocked your guy's world? Well, probably, and OB can identify with this, is, is not a single story, but during our off-season, uh, the first four weeks of that, we called it phase one. That was our strength and conditioning okay. uh, portion. And everybody in the school knew that's the toughest thing you do. I think, I think most school. people in East Texas knew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of one of those. Th- and if you came out of that, where I was talking about believing in yourself, you knew you'd done something mm-hmm. because it wasn't easy. Uh, the bar was, was set up there pretty high. And some guys were a little better running than others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can remember, I think Obi knows Clint Bolton. Oh, and a uh, good guy, solid player for us. But he wasn't very fast. He's a little bigger guy. And he was one of those that it was a struggle for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I can remember the last day we finished and he got on his knees and kissed that track, and I knew that was a kiss goodbye <laughs> when he was doing that. And I thought, you know, I can identify. You know, I, I, I've had several of that. And the crazy thing about it is Clint Bolton, after doing that, runs marathons. Really? Wow. He, if you saw him now, you think, that guy, uh-uh, that's the same guy kissed the track. No, I don't believe, but <laughs> that's unreal. So that was kind of just for those guys, that was going to be hard. Yeah. And I mean, they trained for it before. I mean, when you say they trained for off season, that's crazy for most people. Mm-hmm. You know, off seasons, you're training for the season. Yep. And my guys, when football would start in August, they'd start training on the track. 
and people looking at those guys are crazy. What are they doing? You know, and then but they knew what the expectation was. And I think they thought you were a little crazier whenever you would walk out of the locker room in full sweats with a toboggan on. <laughs> uh, that was one of my tricks. Uh, <laughs> I would try to pick the hottest day, and I'd come out in full sweats and hold down. And I'd be like, guys, I. I just had to give in today. It's just too cold out here. I just, I'm sorry. I know we teach toughness and all that, but it just gets to you at some point. And I said, I just gave in today. And so the freshmen particularly, they're looking at you like, what have I gotten myself into? That's exactly. You know, this, guy. this guy is insane. Hey, right? I, I'll tell you just real quick, and, and, and I'll let you guys keep keep uh, talking, asking some good questions, but – that first four weeks, I did that four years in a row. Um, and and on Friday of the fourth week, uh, Coach made us his, his famous cake, and we got to drink cake. My mom actually cake. made that. Okay, okay. It, okay. <laughs> well, you know, mom made the cake. We we drank Dr. Pepper and celebrated um, overcoming those, those first four weeks. Um, but my freshman year, I didn't quite know what I was getting into. And – um, uh, about maybe three weeks before, um, three weeks before the season or before the school started, uh, run into David Mitchell and, and David told me, have you been running? You know? And, and I'm like, no, I haven't been running. <laughs> what do you mean? You need to start running right now. And hey, Obi, I'm going to stop you right there for our listeners out there. If you want to hear part two or the rest of Obi's story about running in part two with coach Boyette and more of his stories and. Uh, how he coached and all those things. Tune in on Thursday. Part two will be live on Thursday. We're so glad to have you today and uh, appreciate you joining us. If you would, leave us a rating or review on whatever platform you're listening on. That will help us reach more people for Jesus. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>